Hello and welcome to The Intentional Clinician. I'm your host, Paul Krauss, Licensed Professional Counselor. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Mike Speakman. We will be discussing the very common emotion of anger. We will be discussing how it affects mental health, family, relationships, work, and so much more. And we will even discuss what to do about your anger, if you're angry, and how it's connected to our mental health in a vital way. I hope you enjoy it. Before I get into that, I just wanted to let everybody know, uh, I am Paul Kraus. I am a counselor in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you can find out more about my private practice at healthforlifegr.com. We have several excellent clinicians working in our office right now, and um, three women and uh, two men, and they'd be excited to work with you. And we actually also have a licensed naturopathic doctor as well who will help with people getting to the root cause of why they feel the way they do and helping them solve it. You can also find out more at paulkrauscounseling.com. All right, thanks for listening. Here's the episode. Anger, the way that I got into the, the field of anger management um, was when I was working for Salvation Army as a counselor there, they asked me to, to develop an anger management program. This is the, the adult rehab center in Phoenix. And I said, okay. So I did uh, some research. I put some things together. And uh, I developed a workbook uh, that was six lessons. And then over a period of about eight years, I just fine-tuned it and made it more and more um, friendly, more and more practical. It wound up to be an eight-lesson uh, workbook and I did that from the feedback from the from the clients that I was teaching and and what I did was uh, um, purposely on purpose uh, consciously make it practical and useful and simple and also non-threatening so those were the driving forces behind that and uh, so uh, I wound up calling it smarts training self-motivated anger release tools and strategies big long acronym there yes but the reason I called it that was because once the uh, the, the students or the clients the students uh, practice the tools that they used to deal with their frustration to deal with uh, confronting someone that they were having a conflict with to deal with resentment that they had these are the different areas of anger when they use the tool and it worked better than what they were using then they were naturally motivated to continue to use it right and so and I think that's what uh, I thought made it uh, important and and different than some of the other programs that are out there. Uh, but what happened was then, at a certain point, uh, I left Salvation Army and went to work for Calvary Addiction Recovery Center. That was in 2000, the year 2000. And I had the idea to take from the curriculum that I had developed in SMARTS training, take uh, part of it out of there, out of it, that would fit for the general public because that program, SMARTS training, is really comprehensive for people with anger problems, which a lot of people in addiction have. There's a big tie-in uh, to anger uh, in, uh, in addiction and recovery. So that's something that addicts and alcoholics have to deal with at some point. Right. The, um, the big book, the AA big book, has a very simple quotation in saying that resentment is the number one offender is a direct quote from the AAB. Mm. And resentment is nothing more than stored anger. Right. 
The other uh, psychologist uh, that I like a lot, Dr. Terry Kellogg in the recovery field, has a simple saying about anger and addiction, and it's three words. Anger empowers addiction. And so if anger empowers addiction, then we need to deal with it. Right. So uh, the, the idea then was to develop a workbook for the general public who may not have severe anger problems, but maybe a little problem with anger, or maybe there's someone that they live with who's got an anger problem. So I called it anger education to separate it from anger management. And I, and I really realized uh, at a certain point that everyone should learn about this important subject because it's so basic. Uh, number one, by studies, anger is the most common of all the human emotions. Number two, if people are given a choice of negative emotions, which one they would rather have above other ones, they always choose anger, you know, as opposed to sadness or yes. fear. Uh, so, uh, and it is the one that that's, that people know the least about, or have or have actually have the least control of. So we have an uh, an emotion in our society that is the most common, the most preferred, <laughs> <laughs> right. and the least able to control. Ah. So yes. if I put all those all those different uh, studies together there. So uh, the book, the workbook then that I came out with 10 years ago is, is or, it's longer than 10 years ago now, it was like 16 years ago. <laughs> uh, I called it uh, the healthy expressions of anger. Yes. And it's, and it's based on the concept, just like smart training is, that anger itself is not bad, although that's how I was raised, uh, you know, uh, that anger was bad and I should not have it. And so and I think a lot of people, that's the message we get in our culture. Right. In fact, it was called uh, one of the seven deadly sins is wrath, which is a synonym for anger. Right. So that's cultural. Cultural. It's, it's based in our culture. So why would someone learn about something as bad as that, as evil and sinful as that? So so uh, the, the workbook is designed to help people reframe their opinion. It's not anger itself that's bad any more than gasoline is bad. Sure. Uh, but gasoline can be used to run a, a, an engine, run a motor. Uh, uh, and, and build things, but it could also be used to to set a church on fire. Right. So it's how you use that energy, is the is the term there. So anyway, that workbook um, I have used it over the years in coaching individuals through that workbook. Uh, but it's also a self study workbook, so a person could just buy it and read it. Uh, but it also has uh, two ex two of each exercise in it, so a person could do it with a study partner, a spouse, a relative, a friend. Uh, so it's, it was designed to be multifunctional, and that's going to be available soon on my website. But yeah, I was about to say, we are due to popular demand, people are demanding that you re-release it on your website. It so is. we're hoping that, um, I think it's, is it speakmancoaching.com? Is that how people get a hold yeah. of you? Speakman, speakmancoaching.com. You yeah. will eventually be able to buy that book, and if you aren't, you can, of course, email Mike and say, please send me the book, and uh, he will, because I know you can get your other book there, which we talked about yeah. in uh, part one. Uh on your website. So I, I, I love that book. I've, I've looked through it. I've done some of the exercises. It's very practical, very down to earth. Um, I think anyone who has a sixth grade or higher reading level could uh, learn from it. Obviously, if you, if you've, uh, you know, depending on your maturity level, you get different things out of it. But I thought it was quite useful and that you could use it uh, with a study partner, a counselor or a group or just by yourself. Um, and what is that called? It's called the healthy expressions of anger. That's yes. that's what it's called. And yes. I and I know you you've talked a lot to me about um, anger is energy uh, that we just need to know how to use. Mm -hmm. And 
also difficult to get people to come to anger programming, right? That, We've talked about that's the that. Big, that's the biggest issue right there. We all know someone who's got an anger problem. Sure. But uh, it's almost, I've said this, it's almost as hard to get someone to work on their anger, maybe even harder than to get work on, work on an addiction. Sure. And, and, and I believe part of that is consciously and unconsciously, we use anger as a coping mechanism. Yes. So people use, addicts and alcoholics use alcohol and drugs as a coping mechanism. Okay. Sure. So they're using it to cope with what? With problems, with conflicts, with issues sure. of life, with stress. And so if you then are going to have a program that takes away alcohol and drugs, takes away anger, or, or it seems to take away anger, which it is. That's isn't. our knowledge. That's, That's our, our knowledge black and white thinking. That's our black it's going to take thinking. it away from me. Seems like it's going to take it away. Then you're taking away, uh, although I may not logically make connect the dots here, I have this feeling inside I'm going to lose something and give up something. And so therefore it usually takes something pushing me to motivate motivate me to be willing to uh, to risk that loss uh, again my story having to lose my wife before I was even willing to get some help uh, and again that concept of a bottom so uh, anger is a tough sell anger is a tough sell yeah absolutely um, I'm assuming this is just another assumption I'm so I'll disclaimer that okay but I wonder if you get calls for people to have someone else work on their anger rather than people calling you directly and saying, I need to work on my anger. Yes, I'll get th that's more common. Okay. And then I'll have them, I'll tell them a little bit about what I do. Uh, and again, I don't do much work on anger. Uh, it just comes to me, uh, a person will be referred to me from time to time, maybe one person every month or so, uh, as opposed to my private practice with, uh, with, pay, with parents of addicts and alcoholics. Uh, but... I, I still keep coming back to it because I think there's a need for it, uh, but my majority of my time is devoted to the to the parent uh, uh, family education, the parent education part. Right. But uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, I did have one lady one time. <laughs> it was kind of funny. She called me and said, "I have an anger problem." I go, "Wow, you're very direct and very honest. I want to acknowledge that right away." She said, "Well." I got to deal with this. So she came to me and we did the, which is typically what I do, the six one-hour sessions a week apart so they can practice their new tools. Sure. She did great. And at one point I asked her, uh, how did you come to this conclusion that you had an anger problem? Because most people uh, right. don't know. I mean, they're not, they're not necessarily in denial. They're just not aware that they have an anger problem or they minimize. I'm not yelling and screaming. I'm just raising my voice for emphasis, for instance, you know, that type sure. of thing. So I'm just making a point. Yeah, exactly. And uh, because if it's not violence, see, that's how our culture sees it. Right. If it's not violence, then it's not anger. <laughs> that's how our culture tends to see it. Right. Some, sometimes, different times. Anyway, I said, how, what? she said, my friends sat me down and said, you have a problem with that. They did like a little intervention on her. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and God bless her, she listened. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she asked around and people eventually, uh, uh, you know, sent them to me uh, as far as referrals. There's not a lot of counselors who do anger work because anger is a scary thing. Yes. It's, it's associated with violence, associated with sin. Right. Um, and it's it's just a scary kind of a, of a concept. Right. And it, it's 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 it is a tough sell. And I remember, you know, one of the ways that I thought you did a really good job is you did a conflict resolution workshop mm -hmm. yeah. where you actually used some of your anger book, I believe, exactly. yeah. to teach the conflict resolution. And that was quite popular because yeah. I think a lot of people have conflict with family members, friends, 
bosses, yeah. um, whatever. Go ahead. I, I, I hid the word anger yes. in the bullet points of what we're going to look at. Because yes. if I had said uh, dealing with anger in conflict resolution, I think that would turn off a lot of people. It's just one of those words. Being one of the seven deadly sins, Yes. remember, we all maybe have read about that. Well, another one is gluttony. Can you imagine if I had a workbook that said gluttony management? How many people are going to buy that? Right. Probably not many. <laughs> I'm just identifying myself as a glutton, a right. sinner. Right. And we don't want to be labeled. No, exactly. And we don't want to be falling short of our cultural expectations. Anger is a horrible label to put on somebody, you know. And and so, but it is the key to empowerment. Yeah. Okay. It so we're flipping to, anger. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Tell it, me about that. It is Tell the key empowerment. to empowerment. Because, uh, and there's a different sayings that I have developed over the years, or I've either stolen from someone else, or... I've you know learned them through observation and doing so many uh, groups over the years. I've learned from uh, from the people I work with that one of them is that that anger is uh, is energy, and it will come up in you as a reaction. Anger is never an action. You can't just walk down the street and go, "Man, I'm really mad." Something had to happen. You sure. saw something. You heard something. You remembered something. In other words, anger is a reaction to some event or to some situation or to some thought. So knowing that, if I just keep reacting out of anger, I'm just reacting all the time. It's like my parents uh, that worked with their addicted adult sons and daughters, they just keep reacting to the problems, putting out fires. And then they go to PAL and they learn how I can start taking some action. That's empowering. So there's a similarity here. So the anger is, the anger will come up within me to let me know I'm being treated unfairly. So there's the simple definition of anger, the emotional, energized response to perceived injustice, mm, to yes. justice issues. So I'm being treated unfairly. So you yell and scream at me, that's not right. You shouldn't be doing that. Now, suppose I realize what I did was so horrible and I feel guilty and you're yelling and screaming at me, well, you should from what I did. Sure. Then I may be scared, I may be sad, I may be hurt, I may be embarrassed, but I'm not, I'm not angry. So. Anger is a justice issue. So me knowing that, I can use that because sometimes people will be really angry and not know why. Yes. And so it's like, it's kind of frustrating to not even, why am I so angry over this? Ah, here's a clue. Something happened to you or someone you care about, we can put ourselves in other people's place, that was unfair. Oh, okay, now I can sort it and find out what it is. Yes. So there's some real basic things that we're teaching that that if I can't, if you don't show me how to learn my anger and use it in a positive way, it will wind up coming out in a negative way. So that's one of the sayings. So, and I want to comment on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we call that in, if we really want to get into textbook psychology, we call that sublimation, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, is defined. It's kind of a, a more mature coping mechanism where... Mm -hmm quote-unquote, socially unacceptable impulses or idealizations are, quote-unquote, unconsciously transformed into socially acceptable actions or behavior, possibly resulting in a long-term conversion from your initial impulse to smash the window or whatever. Uh, that's a loose quote. But I, I remember sublimation being very important to me and I, when I used to be writing songs when I was 18 or 19. I actually called my first little demo tape sublimation yep. because I, I, was, I think I was angry at things. I wasn't quite sure what. Exactly. But I remembered thinking about my options with anger and having fantasies of, of uh, acting out on the anger. Yep. And then I eventually wrote songs about why I was angry. Yep. And uh, when I wrote the songs, I, I had a huge... Um, 
relief absolutely uh, of absolutely. not being angry anymore and and getting that anger out in the songs and i and i think a lot of you know music is so powerful there's so many um you know depend i mean who knows the genre i was just playing piano and singing so i wasn't really into the metal but um black metal heavy metal punk rock uh hip-hop rap yeah um all these different genres sometimes have a, a bend where they have the anger songs. I don't hear, hear too many country songs that are angry, but rock songs, you can hear rock songs that are angry. Uh, not too many pop songs are angry unless they're angry about a breakup. Yeah. But um, the anger that is channeled, I think a lot of people can Absolutely. identify with, and that music is so popular, and, and people will wear their band shirt. They will get the tattoo of the band, and they will go there and have a spiritual, transcendent experience when they go see that band play or that hip-hop artist because they, they're getting that anger out and they're going Absolutely. to their job. Maybe they hate their job. Yeah. I don't know. But they, but they are they are, they are feeling that uh, cathartic experience by being able to listen to that music. And that, sublim, that uh, sublimation is where you're turning anger, yeah. turning anger into something that empowers you for change. Absolutely. That's, we call that energy management. <laughs> and it really yes. is important. And a lot of people may not understand that. But we're back to adolescence again here. Adolescence, not knowing who you are and having no control of your life and expecting to be an adult, what could be more unfair? Yes. So it's a natural period of unfairness, period, and nothing that some, someone says about it can change that reality. So they're supposed to be angry. So the concept of angry teenager should be like, you know, a scary gorilla. I mean, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like the two go together. Sure. You know. Well, it's so I think that brings me to another point about dealing with adolescence, whether the person is an actual adolescent or an adolescent trapped in an adult's body yep. um, through delayed emotional development is yep. validation. We've got to validate people that Absolutely. it is okay to be angry. It, it is um, completely normal to be angry. And, to, and, and and you certainly possibly, I don't like the word should, but for instance, if you were beaten or mm -hmm. something happened to you, you might have to be angry for a while. Uh, to to because of uh, it's a natural reaction to what happened and therefore yeah. then we get to the crossroads so when if we have a reaction i'm just going to punch a window yeah. i'm just going to punch my boss i'm just going to cuss somebody out i'm just going to go on the internet and comment on people's youtube videos and and say a bunch of nasty things because i'm angry all the yeah. time yeah. so if i can move into that space where someone validates me and i have that slowdown mm -hmm. then i'm going to have a response to anger instead of a reaction and the response is a longer gap and that response yeah. can be, um, you know, something positive for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so comment on that. Well, you bring up a couple different points here. One of them is, um, one of the sayings too in the anger education is, you will either, you will either learn how, you will either communicate your anger out or you will act it out. There's nothing in between. Yes. So once again, uh, being that angry teenager, feeling no power at all, and I'm in a powerless position, expected to have power. So therefore, when I'm angry, it's because of a power situation that I have no power. So therefore, for me to get even with that and, and to have some way of dealing with that, I need to do something powerful, like hurting somebody, hurting myself, or uh, some form of revenge against somebody. But if I write it out, you know, against, uh, you know, I have, someone said, it's, it's like energy, it's, it's, this energy of anger, once it's created, it must be spent. Ah. Uh, See, so. Real quick, matter can uh, 
can neither be created or destroyed. Yeah. So if the anger matter, the energy inside your body yep. is aroused, it yep. must be spent. Absolutely. So what does that mean? That means that, like a like a uh, the analogy is like a uh, ATM method. ATM. Once you withdraw the money, now it has to be spent. The question is, where are you going to spend it? So without education, there's a really good likelihood that I'll spend it in negative ways only because that's what I see in our culture and our society. Sure. So, so the two basic ways that I normally will do that uh, is, uh, number one, I will hold it in and then have an explosion later. Sure. Or hold it in and have some physical reactions as a certain, uh, very common stomach problems, headaches, Shoulder and neck issues are are and uh, are associated with uh, holding in anger. Yeah. So I will have I'll either hold it all in, which will hurt me, or I'll take it out on someone else, which will hurt them. So uh, <laughs> that that's what we see in our culture. That's what right. we see in our society. Now, if I am able to hurt you more than you hurt me, then I call that a winner. Yeah. And if you if you are not able to hurt someone back, then you're the loser. And if you look at our movies, how many of our movies have a theme of, uh, of, of getting even? Revenge. Revenge. Revenge is huge in our movies. Revenge. Revenge is a, is a natural, normal drive for us as human beings because when we're hurt, if we have no other way, and again, without rite of passage, we don't learn these ways. Sure. If we have no other way to get rid of like me laying on that floor. You could say I was, feel, I was hurt. You wanted revenge. I was revenge against myself. Though. Revenge against yourself, not oh, others. Yeah. See, but I had fantasies of doing something against her and her and her boyfriend. Sure. You know. So anyway, <laughs> those are normal. So what happens is, uh, I have this energy. I'm hurt. If I can get back at who hurt me, let's say my energy, level, my hurt level is a ten. Then. I can't live at a 10. No. I, I can't. I mean, I can get wide for a while. I need some relief. If I can hurt you, if you're the one who hurt me, I can hurt you back. It goes down to about a seven. Sure. I can, I can deal with that. But through time, it'll get back up there. Oh, yeah. So revenge is not the long-term solution. It's a short-term solution. So what happens is, if you don't show me other ways to deal with this, then I have to hurt myself or... I have to, it'll come out physically some way. Self-medicate. Self-medicate. Alcohol, alcohol drugs. or drugs. Or, I'll, or sure. I'll do it some physical way. Maybe I'll be a jogger and I'll just, or I'll go beat a, a pillow or something. I'm trying to get that energy out. Yes. Now, if I'm in a situation where that unfairness happens every day, now I'm heading towards violence. Oh, yes. See, now I'm heading towards violence. Where that unfairness happens and there's no recourse at all. Yes. That's, you see the powerlessness? So... So violence does not come from anger directly any more than car accidents come from gasoline directly. Right. <laughs> but by the same token, you could argue no gasoline, no car accidents. Sure. No, no anger, no violence. Yes, that, anger, that, sure. that argument is valid because the energy to carry out the violence. Let's say I don't have, let's say I don't have the anger. Let's say that I, I turn that anger energy in on myself and I'm depressed. Yes, there we go. I still, I yeah. still want to, I still want to get even with someone at school. Sure. But I don't have the energy to get out of bed in the morning. Right. Energy to follow through. Now you give me antidepressants. It releases some of that energy. Right. Now I can go to that store and buy that gun. Right. That's one of the theories. It's not the antidepressants directly. Sure. At least to violence. 
but they release some of that energy to, to someone else useful for me. Well, it gets you out of your depression without yeah. dealing. So here's the thing. We'll, we'll talk about this. Just yeah. a little disclaimer. We are not anti-medication. No, no, not at, all. not at but, all. But one thing about medication is this. The medication is covering the symptoms. Yeah. It is giving you relief in, in, in the terms of an SSRI, uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, or an SNRI, um, which we'll, we could, we're not, this is not an episode of medication. What can right. happen is, of course, if you're depressed, yeah. it is going to take care of your symptoms of depression. Yeah. And you can then get up You'll feel and better. feel better. Yeah. And you, if you have, but if you have something unresolved in your soul, Mm-hmm. And in your in your narrative, in your story, in your personhood, yeah. uh, that antidepressant could be very detrimental because uh, it you may never deal with it, and then it's going to come out somewhere. Yeah. It is going to come out somewhere if you have not dealt with it because it's a temporary symptom relief. Yeah. A lot of times, people have to go up, you know, ten, twenty milligrams higher antidepressants. Try this antidepressant. Try this. Try Abilify with your antidepressant yeah. because. Uh, it stops working after a while. Our body adjusts yeah. um, sometimes. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist, but you know, if you need medication, talk to your psychiatrist because a lot of times short-term medication use really does help people get out of bed in a good way. And if they are getting the counseling or the help or the community support, then they can deal with that anger inside or that whatever the cause of the depression is. Yeah, exactly. But the depression and the anger or the anxiety and the fear or whatever is an invitation to work on something in our story. Something is not right. Exactly. I've been wrong. It's a signal. It's a signal. Yeah. And we need to get to that root issue, which is yeah. why counseling and group counseling is so fundamental because if you can work out what that root issue is, the root of the tree, the root of the plant, yeah. then you can help pull out that wound versus, or heal that wound, mm-hmm. versus I'm going to placate it with, with this med. Um, uh, as again, you know, medications can be a short-term solution, but be careful. If you're taking medications and not also getting some type of other help, uh, because um, symptom relief is great, but it it, uh, it doesn't resolve um, symptoms and difficulties with your story of your life. We all a lot of people see themselves in a story. Yep. It doesn't resolve uh, the symptoms of your soul. It doesn't resolve the issues in your relationships and your dynamics with your relationships and your place and your vocation and how you view the world. But it will make you feel better. Exactly. So that's an important point right there uh, about anger and not dealing with it. it. It is going to come out somewhere. Um, th- there is always some type of reaction, even if it's delayed. Yeah, exactly. So the idea is we have a culture that doesn't teach us about anger. And it, and it shows us, that teaches us to suppress it. And then shows us ways to express it in unhealthy ways. And that's kind of what we're, we're learning. And the whole idea of the uh, of the healthy expressions of anger is to learn that there's two major healthy ways to express anger, and and that we learn how what those two ways are and practice using the tools of that. So to sum that all up, in other words, anger is energy. Yes. It's a signal to let me know that I'm being treated unfairly, and it provides the energy to me to right the wrong, to stop the unfair treatment. Yes. But without tools, I'm likely to not do that correctly or not even try it at all. Now. I, I know this is just a podcast, and this is not a substitute for medical treatment. And if people have anger issues, they can give you a call and go to speakmancoaching.com. And um, if it's coaching, I bet, can they actually talk to you from out of state? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if it's coaching, um, you can talk to Mike from out of state. But, Mike, 
Would you share? I don't want you to share the whole thing, but maybe yeah. a, a summary of a couple a couple tools that you really like, and then I'm going to get to the anger quote reaction round, which is my one of the tools I like is a letter for dealing with re- releasing resentments because for some people resentment is a really big issue and they're aware of it. Sure. But there's some people where resentment is not a big issue, um, and so that's that's just not a big issue. But for other people, it's a big issue, and they're not aware of it. So there, you have those three different categories. So that's one of the tools. Is so writing a letter. Writing a letter, and there's a format for it and a, and a way of dealing with it after you write it. But, but that's a good example of, like you were talking about, if you don't communicate it out, you will act it out. Yes. So that's a good example. And uh, that's in your book. That's in the book. The tool. Yeah. What's another tool you like? Another tool I like is a, uh, just a simple little uh, written-down uh, reminder of a kind of like a, uh, a mindfulness exercise where I write down on a piece of paper what I call the quiet place, which is a memory of, of some time when I was doing something that was enjoyable, but there was absolutely no striving of any kind. Yes. And so I write down what I was doing, for instance, walking, or, or walking at a lake with my dog, Tuffy. I just have that memory. I just yeah. pull that up. And then... Uh, and then it, it's, it's who you're with, which sometimes just by myself. I mean, sure. My son's was laying in the back of a, of a rowboat with his fishing line in the water mm-hmm. and just laying back, looking up at the, at the sky and just, just feeling the, the gentle rocking of the boat, of the water slapping the sides of the boat and just a peaceful moment, you know. So we write down what it is, who we're with by himself, and then what I'm feeling. So uh, mine was, I was just feeling enjoyment and and, and Michael's was feeling peace. And so, and what happens then, I begin to realize that uh, I can go to that space in my mind and it has an effect on my feelings. Physical, emotional, Absolutely. energetic feelings. Yeah, feeling of my body. energy. Yeah, it gives me a temporary respite from stress. And I can, com- I can compare that with, for instance, and I can, I can do this. I can notice the things I worry about and then sort of step outside myself and be aware of my awareness and be aware of, oh, this is how I feel when I'm worried. This is my worry state. Yes. And then I look down at what I wrote and I go, I can feel it. I can feel a little bit of a shift. This is my peaceful state. Ah. And now... the shift between states. Exactly. Okay. And, 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 it, and it makes me understand it. Now, that doesn't mean I stop worrying. Sure. Or, or you stop being angry. Or stop being angry. Sure. But what it does mean is I will practice going to my quiet place three times a day just for a couple moments. I don't have to be there for five minutes, not even in one whole minute. Just the act of going there is, you know, it's, you know, I can just be, okay, it's around lunchtime. Oh, go to my quiet place. Initially, I have it written down. I look at it. But after a while, I'm reprogramming this thing through repetition. Yes. That I can then get to the point where I just heard that there's a job coming up that I may have to be assigned to that I can't do. Mm. Maybe. Fear. Yes. Something in the future is going to happen here. And I just go, man, I'm catching myself worrying. Wait a minute. I don't know yet. I can't know yet. Um, let me see if I can practice my, my quiet place. So, uh, Andy, uh, and so it ties in with, there's also a, a, an exercise for patience. And so this, this workbook is not only about anger and how to deal with it better in the, four, in the three different causes of anger sure. tools, but it's also tools for more life balance, decision-making, and, uh, and patience, which, which ties into uh, 
you know, so it's kind of comprehensive. Well, you've seen the book. So yes. It's kind of comprehensive. It's a comprehensive book. Yes. It's not just anger and energy, but right. how I'm using that energy in my life. And it's the kind of thing that when people, when I, when I complete the workbook with them, six sessions with them, by the way, I do that over Skype and over the phone with people. Sure. Uh, that's why I say I do that out of state with people. And I've got a couple of employers who will send me employees they want to keep. And they'll pay for <laughs> right. it. And they'll yeah. pay for it. And that's worked out really well for them. Because the, the employer, once again, we've got that impetus or that motivation. There's a motivation. Provide, it's provided is, by them. Someone has to push them. Someone is pushing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's pushing you to get into the... Because yeah. anger, again, is not popular, even though we said it's a very common emotion, the yeah. most common uh, and uh, preferred emotion. Uh, but we don't want to talk about it, do we? Exactly. Um, so I want to know, is there any more tidbits about anger? Because what I, I, I love quotes. I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of quotes. Yeah. And if anybody's been listening to the Intentional Clinician podcast, they know I'm always going to use some quotes. Yeah. And what I'm doing with my guests now is I'm going to move into a section where I read a quote and I'm going to get their gut reaction to it. I love okay. gut reactions oh, okay. but, and the intuition there. But I want to say, is there anything else before we move to that round that is, you're dying to get out about anger? No, I just just that it's such a big part of our life, and that it's really hard to to grasp that learning about it could help me be more empowered. Uh, it yes. just doesn't seem to flow. I just think, but but I just want to mention that it, it is it is very important. So we're not getting rid of anger, but we're learning how to use it judiciously. In the same way, we're not getting rid of money, right? But we're learning how to spend it more wisely. Right. Thank you, Mike. Very mm -hmm. wise words. Mm, so you. now I'm I'm putting you uh, on the spot. Okay. Uh, this is uh, going with your gut and intuition. Okay. The first thing that comes to your head. I'm going to start with some easier ones, and okay. then we're going to get to some more interesting ones. But so let's go with an old, uh, old one. Benjamin Franklin. Okay. A couple hundred years ago, he said, uh, "Whatever is begun in anger ends in shame." Huh. Mike. Uh, I think there's. I think my first thought is that shame is associated with anger in that it's a sin, and you should be ashamed that you're sinning. Right, and, and my first thought about it, and I did not prep Mike, he does not know I'm going to read these quotes, yeah. uh, was if, 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 we, if we begin something in anger and we're doing something out of anger, we're going to do something that we regret. We're going to take an action that we may not have taken if we had calmed down. The classic one, a couple has a disagreement about something, mm -hmm. and um, I'm the guy, so I'm just going to take that role and say the guy gets angry mm -hmm. and instead of taking and saying hey i'm really angry i need to take 10 minutes and kind of calm down before i can talk about this issue uh -huh. he um yells hits the wall slams a, a cup slams his keys and says very mean things about how this person is always hurting him and always on his case and you're always nagging me or something like that yeah this is the classic sure. classic uh explosion, gender, gender, explosion right yeah. classic explosion yeah and then, um, and then later on, realizing he's really hurt his partner, mm -hmm. um, and realizing that was awful things to say and completely unnecessary. And if he would have calmed down, mm -hmm. or if I would have calmed down, me, yeah. I could have judiciously or efficiently talked to you about the issue because the issue wasn't really about me. Yeah. It was about something the other person was going through. Or it was about a neutral topic, and I took it personally. Yeah. And now I'm I'm feeling shameful because of my behavior, and then I need forgiveness. This really brings up the conundrum that people have, <coughs> excuse me, the average person will have, and that is, I'm angry about this, and I don't know what to do about it, Right. and I'm feeling shameful about it, and so I'll hold it all in. Ah, the shame turns into? Yep, anger. Anger, and also self-loathing. Yep. Self-hate. Self-hate. That will build up, and then there'll be a final straw, 
you know, act up with a level of 10 where it initially started out as a two because I put up with it so long. So, so this is a challenge. This is a common scenario that happens. But the saying I want to say is that I think ties into this is I may have to get angry to identify a problem, but I do not have to stay angry in order to solve it. Ah, can we repeat that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I may have to get angry to identify a problem, but I don't have to stay angry in order to solve it unless I don't have anger education tools. Aha, yes, and, and that is a nugget of gold. Um, here's a couple of quotes that go together, mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to read both of them because they're both very similar, and I want you to comment. Uh, this is by Mark Twain. Mm -hmm. Love Mark Twain. <coughs> anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything that it is poured on, on which it is poured. Let me read that again. Anger yeah. is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Yes. Very poetic. And this one that goes with it by one of the Buddhas. You will not be punished for your anger. You will be punished by your anger. That's what Comments? Yeah. No, that's, that, is, uh, that is true. And uh, that, uh, that energy, once again, what am I doing with that energy? Am I destroying a relationship with it by, you know... Am I doing something I'm going to regret later? Sometimes I can ask people, do you ever do anything? Have you ever done something uh, under, the, under the intense, under the influence of intense anger that you regret? Right. You know, and that's a pretty common scenario there. So the anger is energy that's in me. And it will wind up hurting me one way or another if I don't learn how to take it out in some positive way. And the clue of that is I need to, like your story, you need to communicate it out in some way. Right. We need to communicate. Now, I can communicate out in different ways. I can talk to a friend and vent. Sure. I can vent physically. I can vent uh, creatively. Writing, creatively. Creatively. Right. Uh, but if I go vent to the person who made me angry, now I'm confronting. So we, we see the difference between venting and confronting. Which confronting can then lead to bad yeah, results exactly, for both of us. Exactly. And if I don't do that in the, in the correct way, which I have to learn how to do that better, but it's much harder... But, but to see those as two separate issues, that just because I'm mad at John doesn't mean I have to hold all that anger in. I can vent. And this is part of what they learn in the, in the training is I have multiple tools for anger uh, usage. But, but part of what I'm learning early on is to be more aware of my level. So it's very common that I could be a level 10 and I'm so used to it, I don't even notice it. So we're, we're, we're then walking around irritable and we have a short trigger for anger. I just need a, just one little thing to add to break the camel's back. Just one little thing on there. And you're the one today and you get it. And All you, of us have heard that, have felt that before. We've had somebody in our life or we've been absolutely. that way. Yeah, absolutely. Where sure. we know that that's not the only reason why, you know, the anger you're taking on me is not all about me. You know, and so we know that. Again... Here's what I'm going to think. Then anger's bad, so stop being angry. <laughs> so we keep coming back to that. So one way or another, I'll either hold it in and it's burning me, the acid's burning me, or I'll throw it out on you and then that winds up burning me down the road. Sure. <laughs> ah, so either way we're screwed if we don't learn how to work it, with anger. And that It's a no it's a no-win situation until I get educated about it, but it's the same with fire. If you if you showed me fire but didn't show me how it works, sure. I'm going to burn myself a lot and probably burn other people. But if you take the time to educate me about it, then I'll be able to use it. So, and this is bringing me into um, the point of using anger and anger for 
empowerment, personal empowerment, yeah. and yeah. Cha social change. Yeah. Before I get to that, I've got to do this again because okay. it just popped in my head. And if I don't say yeah. it, it's going to drive me crazy. Yeah. But there, I'm going to quote Charles Bukowski uh -huh. out of my memory. So yeah. forgive me, everyone who's a fan of his, who is an odd one to quote if you're quoting about personal self-help. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he said something uh -huh. about, in one of his poems, it's not the loss of a job. It's not the fight you lost. It's not the money you lost that drives a man insane and goes into the loony bin. He said, it's the shoelace that broke when you're tying your shoe. Mm -hmm. It's you stubbed your toe. It's, it's not finding a parking spot mm -hmm. that finally drives a man over the edge to go totally insane and lose it, I think, with anger. And Charles Bukowski was a notably very angry man who did write a lot to sublimate his anger and to vent, which, of course, a vent, I love the image of a vent uh -huh. being hot air yep. that comes out of a room up yep. through an actual vent. But anyway, mm -hmm. comments. But another one, another that's really good. And another visual, though, is a hot water heater. They always have that, uh, that overflow tube on it, that uh, pressure relief valve on the right. top of the tube. Because sometimes the, the thing can get stuck and it's just heating the water continually. Steam builds up inside and it can vent. Without no vent, what's going to happen to the, uh, to the, uh, the, the heater? It's going to explode. It's going to explode. Exactly. So, so many metaphors. <laughs> uh, they, they really are. The we need to have them because anger is invisible. Uh, energy is invisible. We see true. the effects of it, but you can't actually see it. That's true. So uh, that energy uh, is, is a thing. So the thing about um, the, uh, the shoelace, once again, I'm sitting on my anger. There's two things about that. Number one, I'm sitting on my anger. I'm, I lost the job, but I'm putting up with losing the job. Right. Rather than working on getting a new job to replace it or in other words i saw that as a defeat and maybe it's an unfair defeat sure and so i'm going to i'm going to not do anything about it uh and then uh and so that is that's one of the concepts about anger too it builds in us and that's why we need the safety valves and the biggest safety valve is venting venting and then education, education. what do i do with this and yeah. and and now leading of course i desegwayed myself well, let me go back. I'm oh, sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Let me go back. One other thing. He brings up a good point. Violence does not come from anger alone. Right. Anger is the energy to act it out. So obviously, if you're going to go to insane asylum, you're going to be using anger. And interestingly enough, the word mad is a synonym for anger oh, and a synonym for insane. For being crazy. For being crazy. It's an older colloquial word. Yeah. Yep. Um, He's mad. You yeah. see it in the old movies. Yeah, exactly. And what they mean is he's actually angry, but he's also insane. Yes, to the point of insanity. So here's the thing. The other thing that that quote of Bukowski came up, which is so important for us to understand and grasp, is that there is no violence without loss. Ah. So what did I lose while I was going to do self-violence on me, on myself, on that, on that floor uh, in uh, 19... When was that? 19... It's on the, it's on the tip. I say it so often. No, no, it was uh, 1979, 1978, yeah. Okay. So here I am on the floor, and, and like I said, I had, I had the social prestige uh, uh, loss of being a two uh, loss of having a partner to parent your children with 
uh, loss of friends who were friends with both of you. I mean, I the don't know what of, else. The loss of my whole life. The loss of your whole life. That's okay, how right. I felt. I mean, that's, that's how we're going. I couldn't yeah. put words into that, but yeah. that's how it felt. So now, if I don't have my life anymore, I have got nothing to lose. So violence comes from the sense of empower, disempowerment, 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 that and hopelessness. Ah. That not only do not only have I lost something that can never be replaced, I'm pissed off of how it was done. Ah. So it's a combination. Done to me. Done to me. Now, if it was fair, she she left because of me. So I took the violence out on me. Ah, uh, yes. I was unfair to me. Yes. So again, again, I think it's so important that we see, when we see the violence, we see the anger part. That's all we see. But, but there's always the loss. And the loss has to be so great that I have nothing to lose. So why not act out on the anger? Exactly. So that's what these... Why not get even? That's why these bombers, that's why we can't stop these bombers. Because who knows what their story is. Their dad was killed in front of them. Sure. Or their child, their whole family was assassinated by a, you know. Who knows what they're starting, but they'll be tremendous. Or it could be their adolescence and they have no hope for a future. Terrible degradation. Yeah. Right. So there's right. some loss. They're indoctrinated as a teenager. They have nothing to lose. They're away from their family. They have no prospects, no education, no economy. And all they know is there's an enemy out there. And that's why societies who are so unfair that the, that the, that the wealth of the nation goes to the top and there's none left for the bottom, at a certain point, that loss coupled with the anger and frustration of the unfairness of it, generates the violence for overthrow. Yes, and that is really interesting that you're bringing that up because that actually is now a perfect segue into using anger for not only self-empowerment, which we've been talking about through education, yeah. but anger for social change. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we're not taking sides here, but we're, you know, we're trying to be objective as counselors. But uh, there's a couple quotes I want to read here, and okay. I think they're related. Okay. Um, well... I guess maybe they're not totally related, but uh, there is probably going to... Oh, here we go. Anger is a Gift. Your Anger is a Gift by Zach De La Rocha, who yes. is famously from the band Rage Against the Machine uh-huh. and also <laughs> Prophets of Rage. So uh-huh. he sees anger as a gift, and I think what you're talking about is anger gets you motivated. Yes. But if you're using it in the right way, you can create some sort of personal change within you mm-hmm. if you're using it in the right way and also possible social change so if you're angry about something in society or you're angry about something at yep. your job speak up about it and he did through his songs yep go ahead no no that's what you're saying is true and once again it isn't just that uh, that it's a gift uh, for me um, it's a gift that empowers me yeah anger is empowerment because it doesn't just give me that energy to transform, which I, the transformation comes from my actions that I'm going to take, uh, but it can it can give me uh, it can encourage me it can give me courage, and it can overcome fears that would stop me from moving forward. So now I'm getting into the positive uses. So we use the broad word empowerment, but the two major uh, positives of anger is. Number one, it identifies a problem that I need to see. I may not have been seeing it before. Right. Number two, it gives me the energy to overcome, the, to solve the problem and overcome the fear I may have of even trying to overcome the problem. Right. So that's the empowerment. It's much broader than just uh, transformation. And then in the act of me doing that, that's what transforms me. And so let's, let's go with that. I'm going to read two quotes. Okay. Very diverse cr- groups here. So this is by James Russell Lowell, who I believe is a philosopher of some type. Uh, Usually when people are sad, they don't do anything. 
they just cry over their condition. But when they get angry, they bring about a change. That's exactly what we were just talking about. Now, hopefully that change isn't violent, but you can see where that fits in. So here's, here's, a, here's an interesting one. Um, you know, you were talking about anger as sin, and I'm going to talk about Martin Luther, who mm -hmm. did the Protestant Reformation oh, yeah. um, for a moment. Because uh, culturally, you know, people see it as a sin if they've come from that Judeo-Christian tradition. Um, but because I found the quote in uh, Ephesians, hmm. uh, and Paul wrote, uh, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So actually, I, I think there is a bunch of other verses probably, but I like that one because he said, be angry, but do not sin. That's in, the, that's in my book because that's the only biblical quote because it's, it's not a Christian book. Sure. But that quote is very powerful because I was raised, and I think a lot of people were raised, that anger is a sin. Right. Back to that seven deadly sins thing. And by the way, that was written 1,800 years ago. So that's been in our psyche for 1,800 years, right. that writing about the seven deadly sins. So that is one of the quotes early on in the very first chapter of the Healthy Expressions of Anger. And so he's saying, uh, be angry, but don't sin, meaning don't act out in a bad way, but yeah. also don't let the sun go down on it. So if you've got problems yeah. with somebody, go and work it out. Tell them right now. Tell them before you go to sleep. And so I like that one. And now I was going to, I sorry, I started with Martin Luther, but then I went to the Apostle. Uh -huh. But uh, Martin Luther, who brought about the Protestant Reformation, because he was angry at the Catholic Church yep. and the abuses going on and stapled the 99-something on their door. I can't remember what it was called. But, yeah. um, but he said this, I never work better than when I am inspired by angry. anger. Sorry. Yeah. I never work better than when I am inspired by anger. For when I am angry, I can write, pray, and preach well. For then my whole temperament is quickened, my understanding sharpened, and all mundane vexations and temptations depart. Two things. Number one, I feel the energy. And number two, it allows me to overcome my vexations, my fears, my concerns, my worries. How many people do not take action because of their fear? Anger trumps fear. Yes. And, and, and that can empower us yes. to do change. But it could also empower me to do bad things, too. Oh, well, can, yes. Yeah. We're, we're going on the positive. But yes, yeah, it can yeah, also yeah, cause yeah, lots of problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Aristotle said this. Anybody can become angry. That is easy. But to be angry with the right person and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way that is not within everybody's power and is not easy. You can see then, and again, that quote is in the very front page of my book. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but you can see why that one's there because look how much I have to learn and I learn nothing about it. Yes. So suppose I raised you and didn't teach you about how to potty train you. Right. When you were young. That would be a problem. Yeah, you'd still go because it's natural, but you'd hide it, you'd feel embarrassed about it, and that's exactly what we do with anger. Absolutely. So... And that is ending my uh, quote round of the anger discussion. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've learned a lot about it uh, from you over the years of you know working on our project, which, mm -hmm. of course, if anyone's out there still wants to fund our project, to put uh, 15 videos of eight minutes long with anecdotes in jails and prisons uh, all across America to help uh, the population um, learn how to use their anger when they get out. Uh, feel free to give us a call. Absolutely. But <laughs> in the meantime, you know, Mike's book uh, is available, uh, Healthy Expressions of Anger from SpeakmanCoaching.com. I'm sure it will be by the time this podcast is released. Uh, I've learned a lot uh, because, it, you know, this is about life. And we're dealing with life and we're dealing with mental health. And this is uh, a big part of mental health that is not that popular like we talked about. 
everyone talks about depression and bipolar and anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder, which are very important, and I will be discussing those in other podcasts, but I haven't been seeing a lot about anger in the magazines and in the blogs lately. Um, so I, I think it's an important part because it, it is encompassing a, of our human experience. Mm-hmm. And part of what um, I know you do and I do, uh, we try to do in our work, is um, not just talk about things in terms of mental health and sort of this uh, clinical approach. Now, we are very clinical and we follow the guidelines of the state and all that business and we read all the books, but also having this, combining that, that, you know, combining the medical experience with the human experience and that human narrative that every person inside, you know, if if they're given the right uh, tools or given that space and given that nourishment uh, can change and can transform and, and um, really, uh, you know, the human mind is an amazing organ, and it, it, can, it can actually transform in brain scans through different, uh, if, if it's given the right help. But then bringing that right back from the science yeah. to the person, okay. our, our human story, uh, what do we want our story to be? And knowing that people have used anger both for destructive, terrible things and wars and reactions and greed and, and control, but also seeing that people have used anger to um you know rosa parks Mm -hmm. she used her anger appropriately on the bus in in um you know to start the civil rights movement martin luther king martin luther king jr um used his anger to preach and to march in the streets and to and to uh, bring about more of the civil rights movement um i'm sure there's countless other examples from history um you know as i said musicians using their anger to make music and Mm -hmm. to help people um get in touch with their anger in a in a way that's non-destructive um, and so, and of course, I remember once I was angry at a job. Uh-huh. I was angry. I worked, uh, I won't name where, but I worked somewhere for a while. And I was so angry with the policies. And I felt that the employees were not being treated properly. Mm-hmm. I felt that we were not being compensated appropriately. I felt we were being condescended to. Uh, and I wasn't the only one. Yeah. But I was the only one that spoke up. And I don't, I, one of the only ones who spoke up publicly in meetings and in emails and in surveys because I didn't like the attitude of the administration. And uh, everyone said, don't do it. Don't, don't speak up. You, you know, you just, we'll go, you know, vent about it at happy hour. Come to happy hour. We'll talk about it. Don't, don't risk your job. And I said, I cannot work here. If they're going to fire me for speaking up about this, then so be it. I can get another job. And I was terrified. I don't have much money in the bank. I was mm-hmm. You know, this is back when I was making nothing. Yeah. Um, but I said, doggone it, I'm going to say this. And so I said it. And I said it loud. And I said it at the meeting several times in our group meeting. I said it over email. And I filled out the employee survey. And I said, by the way, this is an anonymous survey, but this is Paul Krause saying this. <laughs> and um, I'm going to say this until it, it, something uh-huh. changes. Yeah. And um, I was very pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. that um, they apologized to the staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a big meeting, apologized and apologized in emails, yeah. and uh, said, we're going to make this right. Um, we uh, did get compensated more. Mm-hmm. They also worked on a program for loan forgiveness because of that. Um, and also, uh, it was a good thing. It was funny, though, in my annual review, mm-hmm. I had top scores on everything, clinical, helping people, uh, working well with team members, uh, doing yeah. my training job. But here's the funny part. Uh, my negative review was on, um, what was it? Something about, 
Um, not being a team player. Or no, no, I was a team player okay. with my. I got yeah. voted that. I got okay. voted employee of the month for being uh. a team player. But it was something about um, not respecting the chain of command. Chain of command. I was uh. not respecting the chain of command. <laughs> like this is the army. Or my, or my, <laughs> or my direct supervisor yeah. because when they wouldn't listen to me, I mm-hmm. went over their head, yeah. and they did not like that. But I had no choice because I had vented enough to them. And, and I had been shot down saying it was all in my head yeah. and that I needed to work on myself. And I said, I did work on myself. I'm not writing you an all caps email that you, like you sent to me, I'm writing you a, a, a nice email. So this it, sounds it, like, it, an, it, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, this sounds like an agency and not a business. It might've been an agency. Yeah, I, I, like I, agency. I can't, I don't know if I can yeah, say yeah. that, uh, you know, well, you, no one publicly. knows what that agency is, but yeah, no, yeah. no one knows unless they yeah. read my bio. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cool. But I'm just saying in business, they would have promoted you. Oh, okay. So apparently, I'm the, being in mental health field, you don't get again. There's that. this big split between businesses and 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 uh, and agencies healthcare, too. Healthcare, right? Healthcare agencies, and uh, and you know, there's that. There's, and I I recently redid re-upped my license. I had to you know re. Every two years, you have to. Yep. Every two years, you got to turn the paperwork, yep, do the continuing education, make and sure I, your shoes I, are tied, and you didn't get any and I gave uh, them a, yeah, criminal and charges. I, and I carried it up there, hand carried it, and left the the check, cashier's check of four hundred seventy five dollars. She called me back, Mike. It's only four fifty. You gave us four seventy five. I said, Well, just keep the difference. No, we can't do that. <laughs> well, donate it. No, we can't do that. So I had to go get that cashier's check and bring him a new cashier's check. Which cost you how much? It was only four fifty instead of four seventy five. I mean, right? No, but it cost you money to do that. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, driving and time and all that other stuff. But it, but if that was a business, they could have handled it. See, so there's constraints on agencies. There's constraints on governments. Right. And so if we get a business person involved with government, then they could bring that part of it. As Good. long as they've got the empathy, I'm cool with that, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I squeezed <laughs> it in. Didn't as I? long as they, as long as they remember what it's like to be poor. I squeezed it in. Didn't yeah. I? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, the, uh, so, okay. So we're basically at the end here. Uh, it sounds like we've done a two parter. I'm going to edit it. Uh, we, the second part was about anger. The first part was about, um, emotional development, transformation, substance abuse, rites of passage, our culture. These are life things, life, life lessons. These are life things. And, and what you were talking about is the, you know, the, the difference between the, uh, uh, you know the past and the future, and in the, in the and that kind of stuff. Well, the counseling, the human part versus just the te- the clinical part. Right. To me, this is counseling. This is life coaching. Right. Okay. And it's getting closer and closer together. Right. That's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting closer. Right. These people will be scared to death. Well, you know, it's about how you do it. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that we do in counseling, and you know that you do is in counseling, we are not telling anybody what to do. The only time we tell anybody what to do is if they tell us they're going to kill themselves or kill someone else, and then we have to make that judgment, and we will take over. But other than that, we are there to use all our knowledge and use our skills, but what I think we're there for is subtraction. So what I mean by subtraction is the person has the answer inside. Unless they've really... Unless they really you know, ha- have had a really hard time in their life and if they've been abused and all this sort of thing, then they might not have the they might not have the answer, but they have the intuition to know there is an answer. Yes. And we can provide that education. And so but in counseling we're really trying to step back, develop that relationship so that person can take their story and they can take what they know inside, deep inside. Maybe they don't even know what the words are, but they know how they feel and they can learn to bring about change in their life and in their relationships and in their habits 
and in their career and their vocation and in their um, in their story and then eventually of course in their mood because when we practice these behaviors then our mood changes and our mood is a result of those behaviors and sometimes our mood ca can cause other behaviors but you can learn to to listen to your mood and you can learn to listen to your emotions and you can learn to deal with them in, in, a, in a positive way and then of course the education piece a lot of times in counseling we'll flip into that life coach mode for a moment uh, but I, I, I call it just education. So yeah. I'm going to tell you everything I know mm -hmm. as a client of mine. I'm going to teach you what I know because I don't know what you're going to do with that information. I know what I did with it. You can pick and choose. But you could. this is what, I, this is what I've uh, read in the books, and uh, it's up to you to do what you want to do with it. I'm never going to tell you what to do yeah. because we want to empower people. Yeah. And, so, and so you were joking about the life coaching and the, yeah. and the, uh, and the counseling coming together. And what I, what I think you meant by the life coaching, and let me know if I'm wrong, it, it, some life coaches are a bit prescriptive. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, well, give me your schedule. Do it like this. Mm -hmm. And, oh, why aren't you meditating 10 minutes a day? You're right. Well, You're right. you know, if, if somebody's going to meditate yeah. 10 minutes a day, of course all the research yeah. says that that's going to help you. But I tell the people, hey, the research says this, but it's up to you, whatever you want to do. But that's, So what do you right. mean no, by that? No, you're right about that. So this is one of those examples where we have two opposites coming together. Right. Because in the counseling thing, it's about the, a lot about the past. Sometimes, Yeah. yes. But, it, you know, that's, it's a lot about the past. To understand ourselves. Yeah. To understand and, our story. And, and you got trauma. Our trauma. You, you know, you got, and, and if you come into treatment and you come in and you're really hurting, you better be empathetic and listen to their past story and kind of stuff. Coaching is, what are you going to do now? Coaching is, what is what is your, so I think we're all a combination of coaching and counseling Absolutely. skills. Absolutely. So there's no real black and, total black and white there. But to me, just for simplicity's sake, I look at coaching as more of this, how can I apply this? So for instance, the, the workbook, the anger uh, workbook that you like, Healthy Expressions of Anger, just like SMARTS training, is a coaching model. That's true. Workbook. It isn't about the past as no, much as it's, it's about, it's, here's some skills, what it, are we going to do? Exactly. And I call that psychoeducation in yeah. counseling. You, you, we call that. But to me, that's what the coaching, the coaching saying, okay, I hear what your problem is. Okay, I, I see the problem. Now, let's talk about the solution. Sure. Now, to me, clinical is a medical model. And the medical model is based on a problem. <laughs> sure. First, do no harm. Well, now I have to think of all the things that could be harmful. Right. <laughs> right. I'm distracted by that. Right. So from the get-go, it's problematic. But our culture is problematic from the get-go in this way. Sure. It is the reaction. It is designed as a reaction to a threat. Yes. So therefore, it's all based on fear. So whether we like it or not, we have a fear-based society right it's whether we like it or not and so transformation is me transforming myself from a fear-based mindset mindset right. to a faith-based mindset right and and not not the faith in me but the faith in something outside of me god this doorknob my sponsor you know the universe something outside sure. of me the universe um <clears throat> and so so that's so that's how i'm I, uh, so that's what i'm saying is when I discovered life coaching, which was maybe seven or eight or nine years ago, sure. and I started learning about it, I went, shit, I already am one. Right, right. I didn't know I was one. Well, and that's well, funny. Well, I took courses in it, I mean, because I sure. wanted to learn. It's yeah. funny, in, in my counseling profile at one point, I actually had life coaching because people see that as a whole other set of skills. Yeah. I just saw it as solution-focused counseling or psychoeducation, exactly. yeah. which are big words. So, yeah. Yeah. so it is life coaching, but the person has got to come to me for that and yeah. want that, yeah. and I, I will provide that as you will provide that as well, yeah. doing your education. Because I think a lot of life coaching is education and then saying, 
here, here's, here's what do you want to do? Yeah. Here's the information. Here's what the experts say. What do you want to do with it? And also, or, uh, you know, problem solving and goal setting and learning how to follow through and, and, and make a small goal every week instead of a giant goal. Yeah. And those, you know? by the way, are, are life skills for adults. Those are adult right. coping skills as well. So anyway, bringing it all together. Yeah, I think the adults I brought these things for you. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about them and then we'll close out. This one, I saw that on. Oh, guidelines for practical life skills. I thought that was an interesting list. Yes. Just someone's idea of a list. So I, I'd have to, I'd have to kind of read this out loud. I wonder where can people find this. It's on her website. 30handmadedays.com. So two to three years, help put toys away, put clothes in a laundry basket. So this is a lot of child development, which I really encourage our, yeah. our listeners to read about yeah. child development if you have a child. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, 16 to 18-year-old learning all these sort of skills, getting into more abstract thinking. Yeah. Um, and so I, And I brought those for oh, you just to have it. So I appreciate that. So, so, Mike, I just want to say Mike Speakman has been my <laughs> guest and the intentional clinician for a two-part episode epic episode all recorded in one day um we've you did a great job um people can get a hold of mike by going to speakmancoaching.com uh, is and uh, is there a like a work phone number in case people are sick of the internet 602-284-1411 okay and they can request all sorts of things they can request the life coaching uh for parents of addicted loved ones they can request anger management they can request our anger management. Sorry, healthy expressions of anger. Yeah. They can request. Um, well, what else can they request? They can request uh, uh, parenting uh, workshops. Uh, what uh, else? Other. I just happen to know a lot of resources around for for families and for addicts and alcoholics in, in the Arizona area. Sure. But also some out of state. That's true. You're connected so, to 19 so, states with PAL. Yeah. yeah oh, so. and they can find out about parents yeah. of addicted loved one groups at yeah. palgroup.org. Yeah. Um, but I'm a, I can be a good starting place for people to, well, where do I go from here? You know, what are some options and choices? I do a lot of referring. Sure, you do a lot of referring. I know you do the coaching, and you also are a licensed substance abuse counselor. Yeah. So if somebody is in Arizona, um, they could come to you for actual clinical work on that issue. Is that correct? Yeah, they could. They could. I don't do very much of that anymore. Sure, you're 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 kind of scaling up, um, yeah. and you're doing some workshops. I know. Uh, who knows what will be happening when this podcast airs, but I know that you're also working on intensives for parents um, and that they uh, in the Phoenix area and eventually maybe having parents fly in from out of state. Is that, that would true? Be, yes, that's a, a parent intensive weekend training, uh, which would be a, a, a format a Friday evening, all day Saturday and half a day Sunday. And that will be uh, it's designed for parents who it's been kind of a long journey uh, for them and their and their, and their loved ones, and it's uh, uh, intended to help them wind up with a very practical plan and a roadmap they can then follow uh, that can hopefully, hopefully be helpful for them. And it's intended to be kind of a breakthrough weekend. Yes. Because uh, typically uh, parents will have, uh, it's a longer journey to get their son or daughter long-term recovery help. Right. Uh, there may be multiple treatment uh, events, um, multiple long-time years, and just very skilled uh, children at avoiding <laughs> long-term uh, recovery. Sure, and um, I think it would be great for the parents to have an intensive weekend with you and or through the group workshop because that is saving them thousands of dollars. You might say, oh, flying here and paying some money to Mike, might that's so much money. Well, think about how many years of counseling you may have to go through, and Mike has the experience, um, years of experience, um, and knows how to, you know, 
give you the tools you need pretty in a pr pretty quick way. So I'm excited about that coming up for you. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So thanks, Mike. It's been a pleasure My having pleasure. you on the podcast. Thank you. And thank you uh, for coming in. And, and we want to thank all our listeners for listening to the Intentional Clinician Podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I enjoyed doing it. Mike Speakman is a fantastic person, and if you ever get a chance to read one of his books, I really recommend it. You heard his contact information there at the end. And he's quite findable on the internet. I just wanted to thank everybody who's been tuning in every week. Feel free to shoot me an email if you want to have a topic discussed or ask me a question that I can answer in a future podcast. I plan to continue to release these as much as I can. I have several more interviews and I'm going to record some more interviews and I'm also going to do some more monologues as well. And if you are in the Michigan area, I can work with you either in Grand Rapids itself or through telecounseling as I am allowed to do that in this state. I'm also licensed in Arizona as well and I'm there a few times a year, although I'm don't really take new clients there. I am doing some consulting work in Arizona for some behavioral health agencies. All right. Thanks again for supporting this podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope that you're learning things and it's speaking to you in some way that will make you go out and live your life the way you want to do it and have some more inspiration. I know podcasts are always very inspirational for me. All right. Have a great week. recording you just listened to consists of the personal opinions of Paul Krauss, and while these are based upon the literature he has read and his experience in the field, they should not be viewed as the definitive opinion on the subject. Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for treatment. If you are in need of counseling, don't hesitate to make an appointment with a local counselor in your area. You, of course, can also make an appointment with Paul or one of his associates by emailing or calling Paul. The information is on healthforlifegr.com or paulkrauscounseling.com. If you are in crisis, please call 911 immediately or the National Suicide Prevention Line, 1-800-273-8255. All right, hope everyone has a good week.